Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Over the last several years, especially since the murder of George Floyd, there's been a popular uh, conversation about examining, re-examining heroes of the past, uh, people of consequence, uh, people we make statues to, Columbus, uh, Robert E. Lee, Abraham Lincoln. Um, You would think, though, certain people avoid, can avoid that kind of uh, acidic criticism. Uh, Somebody like Mother Teresa, for instance, uh, a modern saint. You would expect her to rise above uh, any potential criticism. Well, you'd be wrong, because at the New York Times, uh, Michelle Goldberg published a piece asking if the saint was really just a cult leader. My guest is Clemente Elisi, senior editor and regular contributor to Religion Unplugged. He's the former uh, deputy head of news at the New York Daily News, teaches journalism at the King's College in New York City. You can follow him on Twitter at Clemente Lisi. We'll have that link for you at our site as well. Clemente, good to have you with me. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, I'll say right away that uh, I know uh, Michelle Goldberg's work over the years, and I have found that she is not, um, she doesn't get what is really going on. Her book, uh, Kingdom Coming, The Rise of Christian Nationalism, was appalling, a terrible piece of work. But I'm surprised she continues to write there. So what is she saying about Mother Teresa? Well, you know, the gist of her column, you know, which ran about a month ago now, but I think it's still being discussed and debated, is um, it was basically a cover for a podcast that recently emerged where several former nuns basically complained about Mother Teresa and about her methods. And so this became the jumping off point, I think, for Michelle to write a piece that was really a piece of revision of history about Mother Teresa and her legacy, and I think it ruffled a few feathers, of course. I mean, one reason leaders of Catholic orders uh, are not considered cult leaders is because of the long number of years that a person goes through before they make their final vows. They don't go away for a weekend uh, of love bombing uh, up in the uh, mountains somewhere. Um, was that even brought up? That it's kind of strange. Well, no, and that's right. The, 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 there wasn't proper context to this. So, if you're someone who wasn't alive when Mother Teresa was living, you know, someone who was born in the last twenty years, let's say, and you didn't know any, much about Mother Teresa, you would think this was really a bizarre figure. And it didn't get into the whole, you know, how it is to become a nun and what right. the conditions yeah. are or yeah. were in India at the time. So it, it almost makes it seem as if this is, was a woman who enjoyed being around all this suffering <laughs> and that the few few women who are interviewed in this podcast, you know, who are disgruntled, I guess, you know, like any any order or any company has people that are not happy. Sure, right? sure. They, they, you know, these quotes are cherry picked and it painted a really, really damning portrait of her in a way that was unfair. Now, if this had been a reported piece, a news piece, It'd be different. You'd have to get both sides, interview lots of people. Right. Because right. it was done as a, an opinion piece, it gave Michelle Goldberg sort of the end to just give a one-sided version of, of history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it's, yeah, I get it. Uh, it's, it's different than a, a news piece. I mean, we had years ago, Christopher Hitchens uh, wrote an entire book, you know, belittling Mother Teresa. 
Um, and I suppose that's, I mean, that goes with the territory, right? If you're going to, if you end up being a man or woman of consequence, people are going to write about you. Um, but in the past, it used to be, we thought that, at least with prestige media, some of the, the big guys, that they felt a certain, um, a certain, they, that even columns would have to rise to a certain degree of dignity, I would think. So that it wouldn't the the reputation of the paper wouldn't uh, be jeopardized in some way. Uh, I just wonder if a piece like this could have run twenty five thirty years ago. Well, no, I think it wouldn't have run because I think there were more sensitivities towards people of faith and and just a cross section of people. I think, but two things have happened in the last few decades, which is newspapers, especially secular mainstream media, have gotten more ideological. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, That's for example, not afraid to pick a side. And then second, it's a, the digital age where there's so much news competing with, you know, so many headlines competing in your Twitter feed. You know, the headline, Mother Teresa was a cult leader. <laughs> You're going to click on that, right? I mean, right. And, you know, and, and so that that is the, the shock factor has been upped. And so, you know, and she didn't really use the word cult in the story or in the essay, but it wasn't the headline, right? Because right. it was right. meant for you to click. And at one point, I think it was trending on Saturday night when it came out the next day in the paper, because it was something people were talking about. Because, I mean, we're talking about it a month later, right? So it's something that newspapers need the audience. And so, you know, it's it's not so much to inform, that's part of it, of course, but it's also the shock value. And so people that think Monetary is a cult leader will read it, and people like us who don't think she is will read it and critique it as well. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, part of the irony here is that uh, as world-renowned and globally famous as Mother Teresa was, is it's the irony is that she never intended uh, to be known outside of, uh, you know, her own work in India. We can, we can blame Malcolm Muggeridge for making her a star. Right. Well, you know, the, the essay I wrote on religionunplugged.com was exactly that, that Mother Teresa was thrust into the limelight by the BBC and by reporters over the over the decade. She didn't seek this fame; it just was heaped upon her, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that was one, right? That was one thing. And then also when I when I embarked on writing this piece, that was kind of a kind of a uh, to give more context to the column. People who read the column, they, they would read my piece and and be more informed. You know, the idea that I had to write a piece trying to denounce the idea that Mother Teresa wasn't a cult leader was almost, like, surreal to me. Like, yeah. like is this controversial? Like, I mean, do I have to really, does this need a fact check, right? Like, <laughs> but but it, it does. We live, you know, in, in yeah, 2021, it does, right? And so, you know, we are living in a time when historical figures are being re-looked at. And I understand looking back at Columbus or Jefferson. Sure. We're going back hundreds of years. But in Mother Teresa's case, we're, we're talking about our lifetimes. Yeah. And I'm seeing this trend now emerge, not just with Mother Teresa, but also with John Paul II and several other figures, because I think politically they've become inconvenient to some people. And so I think, you know, I, the crux of my piece says Mother Teresa is being targeted because she was pro-life. Yep. And so, you know, because she was pro-life, then she becomes the bad guy to the secular progressive. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really the gist of it, I think. That's the motivation behind it, I believe. Yeah, no, I think I think that's right, and I think there is this um, there's there's a new uh, boldness about attacking figures that uh, even a generation ago uh, were you know had global respect, and 
especially if they hold social positions that you or your friends uh, disagree with. And so uh, it's, it is, I guess, it's really no surprise that uh, because of Mother Teresa's uh, com- commitment uh, as a faithful Catholic, teaching of the church on uh, questions of abortion and contraception and redemptive suffering, that somehow she becomes a threat. To give her credit makes her, uh, she, she then threatens the lazy assumptions that are beginning to rule us today, um, that somehow individuals uh, are able to define their own existence, uh, that individuals uh, are able to... Uh, the I- irony here is that every time we hear somebody claiming about the value of the individual, you, you find somebody else trying to deny... Um, you know, the uh, kind of forcing everybody to put into the same sort of political mold. We've got a, a secular, secularistic mindset in the mainstream press now that makes it difficult to have any serious discussion of religion. Almost every article on religion is about politics. It's not about faith. Have you seen right. that? No, I agree with that. Yeah. Yes. No, yes, the, the, the debate or the news stories in this case are framed around the political mindset, right? Yeah. So you've seen this now, and we saw this the last week, two weeks, with President Biden and the whole bishops vote yeah. on communion issue. You know, it's framed as these bishops are, quote-unquote, conservative bishops as if they were Republicans, let's say, right? And that Joe Biden is a progressive Catholic, and they, they keep referring to him as a liberal Catholic, as a devout Catholic, because in their world, he, he is the standard of the Catholic faith, right. not not the bishops. The bishops are a bunch of hypocrites, they believe, yep. who are doing Trump's bidding. If you read the news stories, and so, but the, the Catholic faith, like all faiths, cannot be put in these political boxes that that political journalists like to do it in. And so part, part of the reason for this, too, is that newsrooms over the years have had lots of budget cuts, and lots of religion reporters have been cut. That's true. So yeah. 20 years ago, the story would be handled by a religion reporter. Now it's being handled by the political desk. And the political reporters don't understand religion. Right. And so the problem is, is you get stories like this, where the New York Times last week boldly pro- proclaimed that the two most liberal Catholics in the world are the president and, and the pope. Yeah, that's right. Elizabeth Diaz's and, and you, article, yeah. Right. So if you went all over Catholic Twitter, then you saw people saying, like, uh, are you kidding me? And they're quoting many passages, many quotes from, from Pope Francis, you know, saying exactly the opposite of what President Biden has espoused. So... You know, but but the New York Times, that is reality, right? And to their readers, a good chunk of their, uh, them, it is, because they may not be Catholic, they may not be even practicing any religion, and to them, they don't see it. They don't see the nuance, and that's, that's really the problem with, with journalism today, is that the nuance is gone. And so you get cult leader in the headline, you get devout Catholic. You know, in the New York Times world, Joe Biden is devout, and Mother Teresa is a cult leader. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the reality is somewhere in between that. Yeah, it's funny because uh, the role of religion in public life has become more and more evident over the last generation. We've seen the the importance of religion all over the globe in activities in India, uh, in the Philippines, uh, the rise of uh, this, uh, what was once a tight coalition of evangelical Protestants and theologically conservative Catholics. It's still there, not as powerful as it might have been at the turn of the millennium, but 
Um, the rise of global jihadism. Religion has become more important to public affairs, and yet we've got fewer and fewer uh, religiously literate journalists out there. Yeah, I think that's correct. And I think the arguments have become too simplistic and framed as a left-right political argument. Right. Right. So, you know, that, that's the main issue. And until they get away from that, I think we're going to keep having this problem. Yeah. Clemente, we'll talk again. Thanks so much for taking the time today and for your work. Uh, looking forward to talking. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Clemente Lisi is with uh, Religion Unplugged. We'll have his piece here in defense of Mother Teresa in the online, well, actually, no, in the Cresta Guest Archives. That's where we'll be.